This is a special edition of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. Officer Down Memorial Podcast. June 2nd, 2008, a suspect fired a rifle into the homes of two of his neighbors in Pima County, Arizona, and then he fled as the first deputy arrived at the location. As the deputy pursued him, the suspect started shooting and he wounded the deputy. Members of the Tucson Police Department spotted the vehicle a short time later and they continued pursuing it even as the suspect continued to shoot at them. The suspect then turned off the main road onto a residential street where he stopped his vehicle and he set up an ambush. Officer Eric Height responded to assist, turned the corner onto the street, and the suspect started shooting from a distance of approximately 80 yards, and he struck Officer Height in the head. The suspect continued to flee and wounded another deputy before finally surrendering. Officer Height died the next day from his injuries. In this special edition of the Officer Don Memorial Podcast, I'm on the air down in Tucson, Arizona with Ben Bueller-Garcia. He's from the American Warrior Radio. He was hosting the Buckmaster Radio Show, and I was on the show with survivor Noemi Height from the Eric Height Foundation, talking about our work, talking about Police Week, and about the importance of remembering and honoring our fallen. We hope you enjoy this interview. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bill Buckmaster Show, Tucson's most trusted voice for news and information. I'm Ben Bueller-Garcia, normally the host of American Warrior Radio, heard Saturdays at noon here on KVOI, sitting in for Bill in the Green Things Socolo Village studio. Bill is posting photos of his Caribbean Caribbean adventure on Facebook, making me jealous. You might want to go check that out and keep up with his adventure. The Buckmaster Live line is presented by Rincon Ventures Real Estate and Property Management. It's open right now. If you'd like to interact, that phone number is 790-2040. Every year around this time, tens of thousands of law enforcement officers converge on Washington, D.C. for the National Police Week. The purpose of those events is to honor the sacrifices and valor of those who wear the badge. Today, we'll be talking about National Police Week and some of the things we civilians should know about those who protect us in our communities. Joining us in studio, Noemi Height. She's the founder and CEO of the Eric Height Foundation. Noemi's husband, Eric, was shot while performing his duty on June 1st, 2008, and he died the following day. Joining us on the phone is Sheriff Scott Rose. Scott is the sheriff of Dodge County, Minnesota, and the host and producer of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. You can find out more at officerdownmemorialpodcast.com. Uh, Scott, let's, uh, and Naomi, welcome. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. You're, Thanks. You're sitting right there. I shouldn't. <laughs> just, um, Scott, let's, let's start with you. Uh, like me, I'm guessing you're a big believer in the power of storytelling. You've got over 50 podcasts in the, in the can, as we like to say in radio now. And those are downloaded in all 50 states and even around the country. What, what, or around the, the world, what was the inspiration for starting this podcast? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I, uh, for me, I've been involved in the, I'm on the board of directors for the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association. And uh, with that organization, we we organize all law enforcement funerals within the state of Minnesota. And um, having worked with that organization and worked with survivor families, I knew that there was, there's, there's always so much more to the stories of these fallen heroes than what we can put in your your regional memorial website or your state memorial or even you know odmp uh, on on the national side and i i was just looking for something different something something to share these stories my background's a little bit different where law enforcement is actually a second career for me i was uh, i worked in radio beforehand i was an audio i was an audio production director um 
And so I've, I've had a studio in my home for years. And during COVID, my part-time work uh, doing voiceover was, was pretty slow because of COVID. And I was looking for another project. And the idea of the this podcast came up and, and we ran with it. And uh, it's been it's been really going well. It's been a quite an experience. Well, I tell you, Scott, you've got a great voice. I might, maybe I'll send you some scripts for my ads and see what you can do for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I do a lot of voiceover <laughs> on the side. I do. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm fortunate that I have two careers that I, I, I love both careers, both, uh, working in radio and working in law enforcement. This is the first time I've really been able to take my, my skills from both careers and combine them. So it's been, it's been really a blessing for me. Now, Amy, your path to forming the Eric Height Foundation is obviously a more direct and obvious one. But what, when you first, I guess when the, the kind of the kernel of the idea first came to you, how, how many years was that after Eric's death? It was only a year later okay. that uh, we had the idea of um, forming the Eric Height Foundation in order to not only um, honor his memory, uh, and remember his memory. I think the department, the Tucson Police Department, do a very good job. Tucson is a very um, honoring community uh, mm-hmm. towards our fallen officers. So not only just to remember him and honor him, but also to keep his legacy of a life of service. And what? Well, and I'm glad you say that because he actually served in the Air Force for a 20. long time before he joined the police department. Tw- yeah. so twenty years. Twenty one years. Okay. In the Air Force, uh, law enforcement. Security forces for 17 and a half, and then the rest of his time as a first sergeant. So okay. he loved all those leadership positions that he had. Tell us about the, the variety of programs that the Eric Height Foundation provides. I'm guessing it probably evolved over time. Yeah, so it's been uh, now 14 years since we uh, established the, the foundation. And we started with our child care program, uh, providing the extended hours that any child care in, in the child care industry are non-existence uh, to provide that flexibility uh, to accommodate the, uh, the shift work mm. that all our first responders have. Um, so we started with that. Uh, we, be, we've been operating that child care center for 12 years now. Um, and then in the last five years, we have opened uh, summer scho- scholarship camps, summer camp scholarship program. We have also um, opened uh, law law enforcement support groups, Mm. um, especially through COVID and the riots. Is is that for the officers themselves or their family? Those are for spouses and significant others. Yes. And then uh, Nobel Required is a new program that we have. It's a martial art training um, for extended training that the officers need in terms of uh, defensive tactics. And what is the rationale behind that, so that officers feel more comfortable not escalating the, the use of force right that's, off the bat? That's correct, yes. Okay. Unfortunately, it's a very limited training at the academy that they have. So not the Erica Foundation with this program is extending that training outside the academy, and we bring our officers to um, train for about four hours um, a, a week on their own time, um, the police departments here in Southern Arizona are allowing us to go into their departments as well to train the officers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's for 
you know, they... Now, on the child care, is that provided free of charge to these families or at a discounted rate or just just making it available at off hours sounds like there's value in that all by itself? Yeah, so it's a discounted rate. We, we keep a, a 45% uh, low um, discounted rate uh, from the child care industry, and we provide... Um, extended hours, meaning, you know, the weekends, the late evenings, the early mornings and holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, obviously it takes money to provide these kind of programs. You've got a special something I will not participate in because I'm <laughs> old and fat and with bad knees, but tell us about the run. Yeah. So this Saturday we are uh, putting together our 12th annual uh, Fallen Officer Memorial 5K. Um, it is a run or a walk, uh, but that's not all that happens. Uh, it's free to the public. So there's a touch a truck. Also, there's 25 to 27 different vehicles uh, from all first responders departments mm. in Southern Arizona. Um, and a lot of corporations also bring their big and um, really cool trucks that people and families and kids want to go and touch and take pictures of. So that's a part of the festivities going on um, during the morning. But we concentrate the first uh, 30 minutes of our program to remember and honor our fallen officers. Yeah. For, for just the previous year or? For uh, the Tucson Police Department for all, all the years of the officers yeah. that we have lost, uh, the, the Pima County Sheriff Department as well. Mm-hmm. And then from around the state, we focus on the previous years. Yeah. And folks, if you want to learn more, visit ericheightfoundation.org. That's Eric with a K. Scott, your weekend labor of love, the Officer Down Memorial podcast, is that something that you fund out of your own pocket or how do you, what are, what are the financials on that? If you don't mind me asking. So I've done all the, the funding has all been on my own mm-hmm. since it started. Um, we now just recently added a great uh, uh, sponsor for Minnesota Stories, the law enforcement, uh, um, law enforcement labor services in Minnesota, the great, great organization, a union uh, supporting organization for Minnesota. So uh, Minnesota Stories are sponsored. Um, the other ones, you know, there's stories in several different states that we've done so far. And, and um, yeah, it's just something that I do on the side here. And I, I love doing it. I love, uh, I love working with the survivor families. And for them, uh, you know, th- their biggest their biggest thing is they just want to make sure their fallen hero is remembered. Agreed. And, uh, they, you know, the podcast gives me an opportunity to help do that. You know, there's a, a line when we talk about our, our fallen military, and I, I probably won't get it right, but it was, you know, something along the lines of, as long as my name is spoken, I'll never be forgotten. And um, so j- just to clarify, Scott, that you're, the stories that you're telling are not just of Minnesota officers. They're from officers all across the country. No, nope, all across the country. So when I when, when I first started, my my original intentions were I live and serve in southeast Minnesota. I am just west of Rochester, and so my 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 first plan or my first the first idea was I'm going to do all 41 uh, fallen officers in our region in southeast Minnesota, and it expanded from there to I did a parole hearing uh, story for a uh, agency and a an, uh, fallen officer's family who's whose uh, cop killer was up for parole that year. So I helped with the story. I helped educate the public and helped generate. We generated several hundred letters to the state during that parole hearing to keep that that cop killer in prison. I've done a few of those now. That's spun off into other states. Agencies from other states or listeners from other states 
submitting stories of fallen officers that they that they think should be told. Um, I also take I've done uh, uh, referrals from cops, the National Conservatives of Police Survivors, and uh, it's 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 really kind of expanded from there. So it's been it's been rewarding for for me. Just like I said, these these survivor families, the one one survivor spouse explained it this way. She said when her husband was killed, it was just a it was just a whirlwind of of people over law enforcement coming over and checking on her law enforcement wives, food being brought over the their association working with her to put together this funeral, this this celebration of service for her husband and that all those festivities, all the, the 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 celebration that day, and then afterwards, for a handful of weeks afterwards, she'd get regular phone calls from officers and officers' wives and and uh, other supporters, people coming over with food and people just checking on her. And then slowly, these the phone calls and the emails and everything stopped. And it's yeah. natural yeah. when you know, when you, when we when you have somebody who experiences a trauma like this. It's natural for people to go, I don't know if I, I really, I should call her, but I don't want to trigger anything. I don't want to upset her. I don't want to make her cry. I don't want to, I, I don't know. I, I'm uncomfortable, so I just opt not to. Scott, I, I tell you, I, Naomi is, is, is nodding in, in agreement <laughs> with you right now. Listen, oh, we've got yeah, to take a quick yeah. break. Uh, I want to come back and talk more about this one uh, after the, the commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Bill Bunkmaster today. We're talking about National Police Week with Naomi Height and Sheriff Scott Rose. Stick around. Family-owned Jam Culinary Concepts and its family of restaurants has you covered for your special event. Jam caters anytime, anywhere, any size group, and any type of cuisine. Vero Amore, authentic Neapolitan pizza, and Noble Hops. Craft beer and fine fare are synonymous with quality. Call 954-1468 or log on to jamculinaryconcepts.com. Buckmaster Show listeners know that I'm passionate about travel. When I'm ready to take off on a new adventure, my air travel begins and ends at Tucson International Airport. TUS is nonstop for our community and Southern Arizona. So remember, to fly local, fly Tucson. Tucson International is nonstop for Tucson. More at flytucson.com. The Regional Transportation Authority's 20-year plan includes roadway, transit, pedestrian, bicycle, and many other transportation improvements across the region. Pima County voters approved the plan in 2006, and the RTA is working with the Citizens Advisory Committee to prepare and present a new draft plan as early as 2023 for public review. Learn more about the process at rtanext.com. The nonprofit Tucson Wildlife Center has been helping injured, sick, and orphan wildlife in southern Arizona since 1999. They're dedicated to the rescue, medical care, and rehabilitation of sick, injured, and orphan wildlife with the goal of releasing them back to their natural habitat. Around 5,000 animals a year come to them as they are the only wildlife rescue in southern Arizona. All made possible through donations. They receive no government funding. Please donate at TucsonWildlife.com. Family owned and run since 1985, Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing is the gold standard for quality, 
and professionalism for picture framing, custom frame mirrors, art for your walls, and hanging and lighting solutions. Come in for your design session or set it up electronically. Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing, Fort Lowell and Dodge, and now doing e-commerce at moesgallery.com. Cushman and Wakefield PICOR is Tucson's leading independently owned full-service commercial real estate company. Founded in 1985, Cushman and Wakefield PICOR offers leasing, sales, and property management for industrial office, medical, retail, land, and investment properties in Tucson and Sonora, Mexico. Visit our website at PICOR.com for the latest news from Tucson's commercial real estate sector. That's PICOR.com. Call us at 748-7100. Welcome back to the Bill Buckmaster Show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your guest host, Ben Bueller-Garcia. I'm talking with Noemi Height, who is the founder and CEO of the Eric Height Foundation. And then on the phone, on the Buckmaster Live line, we have Sheriff Scott Rose calling in from Minnesota. This portion of the Buckmaster Show is presented by Mona's Danish Bakery, home of the famous Danish Kringle. You can find them on the northeast corner of Swan and Sunrise. They're open for breakfast and lunch from 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Why not pick up some delicious mouth-watering pastries for your co-workers on the way into work tomorrow? Mona'sDanishBakery.com, or you can find the link at the Buckmaster Show. Com as well. Don't forget you can interact with us on the Buckmaster Live Line presented by Rincon Ventures and Real Estate 790-2040. Um, Noemi, let's let's go back to uh, it's interesting to me Scott was talking about where he sources his his stories mm-hmm. and and you know a lot of them you can nominate people on on his website. But you were just showing me a letter you got from a student all the way in California who wanted to write a story uh, feature a story about about Eric. Yeah, I got uh, this letter from the police department. Uh, it was addressed to the chief, and um, um, it just warms my heart for a high school student to have picked Eric's story of of, of the uh, um, uh, down uh, memorial page. Um, and it's just, um, you know, it just brings joy to my heart, too, because... Um, I'm sure he's gonna do a great job in this story and his project. And and that's what we want, that our stories of our husbands who have been killed can resonate with the community, can make a difference mm-hmm. and keep their memories alive that way. Scott, it sounds like you and Naomi have, have got the same philosophy, well, all of us, I'll say all three of us on this conversation believe about you know, the importance of always remembering these officers and, and sharing their stories. I. I had a guest on American Warrior Radio who was talking about how the both our members of our military and first responder community, particularly law enforcement officers, when they raise their hand and take that oath, they're basically writing a blank check to our communities and our nation. Mm-hmm. And that check is payable up to and including their very lives, uh, if need be. So how, Scott, I mean, for you, how important is it that these stories never be forgotten and there there must be there must be thousands out there that still need to be told you know i for these families they um their their biggest fear is that 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 sacrifice that their their fallen hero will be forgotten and um the 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 spouse that i was telling you about before she said that uh, after those weeks and after the phone stopped ringing the door, uh, she stopped getting people at the door. She said that to her, that silence was deafening. You know, all 
All she wanted was to talk about her husband. She wanted people to remember him. Yeah, she may shed a few tears. That's not a bad thing. Um, she she wants to keep that memory alive. And uh, these stories give us the opportunity to do that. It's it, It's been such a blessing for me to, to, to have the trust with these families to be able to share these stories. And um, it's really important to me also coming from law enforcement, and I worked investigations before uh, administration in making sure the stories that I put together are factually accurate. So I do the public data requests with the agencies. I work with the agencies. I get all the narrative reports. I get the, the autopsy report. I get photo, uh, all the evidence photos. Um, and then I interview the survivor spouse, the surviving families. I interview the officers who were there or the officers who were left behind. And I use excerpts from those interviews to help create the story, to help recreate the story of this fallen officer. So when you're listening to my podcast, it's not an interview. You're not hearing me interviewing people about this fallen hero. You're, you're listening to a story. You're, you're learning about that officer's uh, agency, that, uh, the community that they live in, their family. And you're, being, you're walking through exactly the steps that that officer walked through when we lost her. I tell you, Scott, um, God bless you. I know how much prep time goes into doing my show, and I'm not looking at autopsy reports and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. I did look at the – I visited the Officer Down memorial page before coming in to do the show today. Last year there were 246 line-of-duty deaths. And so often we hear about, you know, like in the case of, of Eric, uh, who's engaged in a gun battle with, with the bad guy – but there's there's other you know of those 246 line of duty deaths, 82 were from COVID, and we as civilians don't think about that how they're exposing themselves out there on a daily basis to to other things that could be dangerous for them. 47 of those deaths were from crashes or, or vehicular assault. Four officers were killed last week alone, and I I guess both of you, my question would be the. And as I understand it, thankfully, that that trend is trending down in 2023 so far. But there seems to be a whole different attitude out there, not not just from the criminal, particularly from the criminal element, but from other people where they just there's no no respect anymore. And I don't know, was that is that a product of the defund police movement or what? What are your no? I mean, what's your perspective or guess on that? I think so, honestly. Um I think that has a, a huge part of that uh, since 2020, um, and in uh, social media, um, blasting everything out there, uh, not respecting our uh, police officers, making it hard, you know, harder for our officers to do their job. Scott, you're still wearing the badge every day. What are you saying? It, it, she's right. This the social or the social media has been a huge problem, mm-hmm. and and frankly, our politicians have also been a, a huge problem with this. They've they the, law enforcement became a political football in the last election, where they talked about systemic use of force issues, systemic racism issues, and if you look at the data, if you look at the actual data nationwide with the eight hundred to nine hundred thousand cops that we have. There's, there are no numbers to support. There's no data to support a systemic issue with racism or use of force. Are there issues within certain agencies and with certain agency cultures? Yeah, there are, there are some problems there. But that anti-law enforcement rhetoric uh, just just fuels hate towards cops. 
and um, you know that we it takes us years to build to build rapport, to build trust within our communities, within the communities and the families that we serve. It takes years to build that, but it just takes a few bad uh, mm-hmm. stories or bad messages or, or social media rhetoric to, to, to really tear that apart. And uh, it's so frustrating for our cops. The, the job is stressful enough the way it is without them having to worry about, you know, being the next officer on CNN or on, you know, on Fox News or, or you know, whichever side of the aisle you're on. Um, it's the, it's, it's really been terrible for us, especially in Minnesota. We, our numbers are down. Uh, we have hundreds, literally hundreds of law enforcement officer positions open in Minnesota that we can't find people for. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the sad part as a mom of a teenager is that it is not only adults disrespecting is the teenagers is the young, this generation, uh, my daughter wanted to proudly wear a thin blue line shirt to her middle school last year on the first day of school. Um, this is how she copes with her dad being gone, um, thin blue line bracelets and thin blue line shirt. She was hammered that first day of school by some friends from co-worker, uh, classmates saying, we support Black Lives Matter at this school. You shouldn't wear that. That was the very first day of school last year for yeah, you know, school. What I, what I don't get is it's not mutually exclusive. Right. right. I mean, it shouldn't be. Exactly. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, so, Scott, you, it's interesting you bring that up. We've, um, well, just speaking for our community, the, the mayor and council have finally started in the last couple of years investing more money in, in the police budget and, and training more police officers. But so the problem, like you say, though, the money is there, but they're having trouble right. recruiting. And just, I mean, when you look around the country and you see all this stuff, I can't say that I blame some of these folks. I mean, I, I, I've got a friend of mine who used to be the training sergeant at the academy, and he said they had a, an officer graduate and literally he was on the streets a, a week and he resigned. He said, I did not sign mm-hmm. up for this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there goes all that training money. Um, so I, I don't know if there's there's an answer to that, but um, I think people just need to be aware of it. And a little bit later in the show here, I want to talk about how people can express that and, and how we as communities can start building that trust and that good relationship back up again. Because I tell you, you... You talk. You mentioned politicians, Scott. I, I just sometimes the hypocrisy drives me nuts. Where, you know, they're all raising the fist to fund the police, and then they've got a two hundred thousand dollar a year private security detail. Right. All right. Or crime is up uh, up exponentially, and then and they're blaming the cops for it. <laughs> cops you can, cops you cause crime. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You can't. You can't have it both ways. Um, uh, it's just. It's. It's so frustrating, and like I said, the numbers are, are the numbers are down, um, especially in Minnesota. You know, you look at Minneapolis and what happened there. Not making any excuses for anything that happened, but the defunding that police department did that city absolutely no favors. Okay. Um, you know, they're down. They have except they're they're chartered at seven hundred and thirty one officers, and they're still down two hundred and fifty officers or something like that. Um, well, I tell you, we've- it's just it's just terrible. We've got to break again, if uh, with your permission. Uh, actually, with no permission. We got to pay for the show somehow. But uh, <laughs> I will give props to our city manager here. He actually got permission from the mayor and council to 
overstaff the police department this year just mm-hmm. in case to help with those re- those uh, potential resignations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben Bueller Garcia sitting in for Bill Buckmaster. You can follow his Caribbean adventures. Check out his Facebook page. If you've got a question or comment, feel free to call us on the Rincon Ventures Real Estate and Property Line. That number is 790-2040. We'll be right back. Dine in or take out authentic Neapolitan wood-fired pizza at Vero Amore, where every flavorful pizza, pasta, and panini are homemade. Using the finest local and imported ingredients, Vero Amore, Plaza Palomino at Swan and Fort Lowell, and on Dove Mountain in Marana, plus a full catering menu and mobile pizza truck for parties and events. Vero Amore, on the web at veroamorepizza.com. For more than a half century, Tucson Gardeners Trust Green Things, a family-owned and operated retail and wholesale plant nursery, offering an amazing variety of plants, trees, cacti, pottery, and so much more, all at great prices. The 13-and-a-half-acre site by the Rieto River is also home to the Zocalo Village, specializing in fine Mexican and Latin American imported furniture and art. Green Things open daily at 3384 East River Road and at greenthingsaz.com and zocalovillage.com. Nestled in the foothills of the Santa Rita Mountains of southeastern Arizona is Equine Voices and Sanctuary. Home to horses and burros that were rescued from neglect, abuse abandonment, and slaughter. Please consider Equine Voices Rescue and Sanctuary with a financial gift of support and estate remembrance. Learn more about our vision and values at equinevoices.org. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun cover two of Arizona's most desirable communities. The newspapers reach more than 75% of the communities each week, with a combined population of more than 50,000. The Green Valley News also publishes a dozen magazines each year, and both newspapers publish up-to-the-minute local news online at gvnews.com. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun, it's all right here. Hi, this is Irene Coppola, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Southern Arizona. The BBB sets the standards for marketplace trust by engaging with and educating consumers and businesses. The BBB is the resource to turn to for the objective, unbiased information on businesses offering national and local consumer services online and in person. Learn more about the many services offered by the Better Business Bureau at bbb.org. Have you always wanted to cruise to Alaska? If that's the case, then you'll only see the tip of the iceberg. At Bon Voyage Travel, we can package the full Alaska experience with a cruise tour. Journey to Denali National Park on glass-domed rail cars. Tour the tundra wilderness and see the northern lights with an expert guide. And of course, relax on your cruise as you enjoy the glaciers up close and personal. Go to bvtravel.com today. Bon Voyage Travel, your Alaska experts. Welcome back to the Bill Buckmaster Show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Bill in the Green Thing Sokolo Village Studios. Hey, listen, it's not too late to put in some vegetables or even spruce up your ornamental plants. Visit Green Things Nursery. They're 13, on 13 acres, of, and they've got lovely ideas. They're right on River Road just west of Brandy Fenton Park. The best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time, of course, is tomorrow. 
While you're there, check out the fine imported Mexican and Latin American furniture and art in Socolo Village Studios. You can find them both at greenthingsaz.com or socolovillage.com. We're talking National Police Week. I'm joined in the studio by Noemi Haidt. She is the founder and CEO of the Eric Haidt Foundation. And then on the phone, we have Scott Rose. Scott is a uh, sheriff, uh, is the sheriff. And uh, what, what county is it again, Scott? Dodge County. Dodge County, Minnesota. Sounds like Dodge a lovely County, place. Minnesota. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, Noemi, we mentioned this is the, around this time of year is, is National Police Week, and this was kind of grew out of a proclamation that President John F. Kennedy made declaring a National Peace Officers Day. Mm-hmm. And so you've attended National Police Week. Could you kind of share with us what, what sorts of things take place there yeah. in Washington? I have attended twice in 15 years. The first year was in 09 when Eric was honored and his name was added to the wall. Um, and for that first year of surviving families with my daughter, uh, my parents, his parents, uh, co-workers, the whole department, uh, we all attended um, different conferences for obviously each of our uh, situation. I attended as spouses. Uh, my daughter was only two, so she attended daycare the whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thankfully, all that is so well put together that they think of everything. They think of childcare. They think of all the uh, back-to-back scheduled activities that we have um, to honor them, but to honor us as well. And I'm so very thankful for every detail that goes in, in during that week. Uh, the can um, the candlelight vigil is coming up. I think it's on Saturday this this year. That is an amazing event. It's just um, very emotional, very mm-hmm. overwhelming, uh, with um, so many different emotions um, going on. Um, the second year that I went, I felt a little more relaxed. I felt that I could enjoy and pay more attention to. Um, what was going on in terms of how the event is put together. I was a little bit free to do my own thing and I could attend uh, the conferences that I wanted, not what was it just suggested at the, the for, for the first year. Um, the uh, ceremony where all the names are read, it's an, an, another amazing uh, event. Um, there's so many different other events within that week to celebrate the officers that are here with us and honor them because it's Peace Officer uh, Day on May 15th declared by um, our former president. But is uh, it, it's a whole week of activities, whether we're remembering our fallen or we're honoring those who are serving right now. Scott, have you attended the National Police Week activities in Washington? You know, I have not yet. It's uh, on a, a bucket list for me. We did uh, we did send we've sent a handful of families from Minnesota, fallen officer, uh, survivor families. I just I, I've been out there. I've been out there a couple times. So I just haven't had the opportunity to go to police week yet. So that's that's a goal for me, especially the candlelight service. That's something that uh, um, is just uh, from from all accounts, just an absolutely incredible experience. So I definitely want to get out there. Um, how big is your department, Scott? So we're a small bedroom community of Rochester. So we're about 53, uh, about 34 sworn and then records in our uh, 911 dispatch center. Do you have a chaplain? 
We have a very we have a great chaplain. Pro- we have uh, t- ten chaplains, nine, ten chaplains. Wow. Okay, so I, I'm just uh, what I'm wondering in the, the worst case scenario, are, do you as the sheriff have to be there to make the notification, or how is that handled? Oh no, I would definitely be there. Okay. Um, we have so in our agency we have um, mental health is is a, a a huge component of our of our uh, criteria here uh, with the sheriff's office. So we have we've got a very active chaplains program. Uh, we have a, a very active peer support program. We do annual wellness checks for all of our staff. Um, we we feel it's really important to 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 make sure we're creating a working environment or or a culture where it's okay not to be okay. You know, we the average the, the the average person in the United States experiences what three to four traumatic, really traumatic events in their lifetime. The average officer, it can be eight hundred or more mm-hmm. tragic events, you know, traumas that they're involved with, and um, you know, it's stuff you can't you can't unsee what we see on the road. So we have to make sure that um, you know, in order for our cops to do the the best job that they can do and to support our communities. You know, we got to make sure their headspace is right, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the only way we can do that is making sure we've got we've got the chaplain support, we've got peer support programs, we've got counselors that are available that know law enforcement, not just the prepaid county or city counselors that are that are uh, have been made available in the past. We got to make sure that we have people who specialize and understand what our cops go through in order to make sure they're taking care of them. Well, congratulations, sir. I, I would say that puts you ahead, unfortunately, of a lot of departments around mm-hmm. the country, and that's something that. You know, I consider a mission, too, is to, to get that resolved because I was introduced to something I'd never heard of before uh, a couple months ago on American Warrior Radio, secondary PTSD. And, you know, you don't talk, talk about the trauma that the officers, the first responders go through themselves, but then they can't necessarily switch that off when they go home at night. Mm-hmm. And the impact of that on the families, the, the wives, the spouses, the children uh, is still significant. Uh, Naomi, you, I guess you and Eric had a way of how did you deal with that when he came home after a particularly bad day yeah we talked so much about it um we even talk about death in in the the line of duty and um uh trying to prepare um ourselves for the worst and um we kind of had that look in our eyes he kind of had that look in his eye when he had a I think most of his days were really rough. Uh, but when he came home and it was really a bad day, he just had that look in his face and gave me those that look. And I already knew just to give him some space and let him decompress, whether it was in the front of the TV and watching whatever show he wanted to watch and and just be open to listen to him two, three hours later if he wanted to share whatever he wanted to share. And it was mostly when... It had to do with the elderly and children. Oh, I can that imagine. really got him, yeah, thinking of his parents aging, thinking about his kids, and and it was rough. It was rough. And after that, you know, we had really close friends from our church, uh, from the department where he, had, he needed to go and visit and talk. Kevin gave us a call on the Buckmaster Live line. Kevin, what is your comment or question for our guest today? Thank you, Ben. Uh, Naomi, I feel for you so much. Uh, Sheriff, you're absolutely right. Uh, doing the notifications in the middle of the night is a horrific, horrific job. 
I'm a former officer of two small departments in Western Washington, deputy sheriff from Sheridan County, Wyoming. And when you do this job, when and Naomi, like you said, when your husband would come home with a deer caught in the headlights look mm-hmm. in the eye, I, I get it. Um, there was in that law enforcement career, you realize how tightly your facilities, your body parts are screwed on mm-hmm. when you're carrying uh, a SIDS victim, a, you know, an 18 month old infant mm-hmm. uh, that's just passed from SIDS past their screaming, wailing parents who's trying to be, you know, comforted by a, a Washington State Patrol tr- uh, chaplain. So, yeah, it, it gets rough. And a little bit of dark humor doesn't doesn't hurt. But uh, that's but that's how we get out with one foot in front of the other the next day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do it for the people. You don't do it for the money. And uh, you look at the people around you and say, if not me, then who? So, and that's it, Ben. That's, that's why, that's why cops put the badge on every day. And, uh, and there was a very famous commercial on law enforcement training network. I don't know if the sheriff will remember this, that it was a little advertisement for uh, safety and a little girl comes running out the front door of their house, screaming and crying, daddy, daddy, don't leave. Wait, wait, wait. And he's sitting in his patrol car ready to go to work at the end of the sidewalk. And she runs up, he opens the door, she leans in. She taps him on the t- chest just to make sure he's got his vest on. Mm. Okay, Daddy, I love you. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Not a heart wrenching commercial, but uh, doing a great job this week. And Sheriff, thank you for what you do. And uh, speaking from those citizens that I used to work for in Sheridan County, Wyoming, just keep rocking it, keep doing it, one foot in front of the other, brother. Mm-hmm. Kevin, thank you You're so welcome. much for for your call and your service. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to take another quick break. This is Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Bill Buckmaster. More discussions about National Police Week and how important it is that we as the civilians out there support these families and these officers. Stick around. Noble Hops is Tucson's original gastropub, serving an ever-changing menu of craft beer and fine fare. Savor the majestic mountain views from the perfect for any season spacious patio at West Lambert Lane in North La Cañada Drive in Oro Valley. Order in or take out at Noble Hops, a pub for foodies. On the web at noblehops.com. International Airport, we are nonstop for our community. Our main priorities are providing a safe and secure travel experience and excellent customer service. We're also nonstop for landing prosperity in Southern Arizona by attracting new flights for business travel and family getaways. When your airport thrives, our community thrives. So fly local, fly TUS. Tucson International Airport is nonstop for Tucson. The Friends of Pima Animal Care Center is the nonprofit partner to our Pima County Animal Shelter. We grant critically needed resources to PACC so that it can continue the amazing life-saving progress it has made in recent years. Your generosity helps us find homes for abused, neglected, and abandoned animals at PAC. Learn how you can help at friendsofpacc.org. The Regional Transportation Authority plan is funded by a voter-approved half-cent sales tax. The RTA tax is collected throughout Pima County and averages about $100 million in revenue each month. The RTA is the largest annual funder of regional transportation projects in the region. 
The RTA tax funds priority projects that were approved by voters in 2006. See details in the latest RTA annual report at rtamobility.com. Are you happy with the news you get? While not all news is good news, you know good reporting when you see it. Check TucsonSentinel.com every day for breaking news and investigative reports. Have your say in the comments. It's all in TucsonSentinel.com, your local, independent, nonprofit news. You can rely on TucsonSentinel.com for solid reporting about immigration, Tucson and penal politics, everything from the border to baseball. It's independent news without the spin. TucsonSentinel.com. We are watching Tucson. This is Bill Buckmaster urging my listeners to join me in becoming a member of the Reed Park Zoo, one of America's top zoos and home to more than 300 animals from all over the world. When you become a zoo member, you receive free daytime admission, discounts on special events and education programs, and so much more. Find out more about zoo membership and everything you need to know about your zoo visit. ReedParkZoo.org Welcome back to Bill, the Bill Buckmaster Show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Bill Buckmaster. You can always give us a question or a call at the, on the Rincon Ventures Real Estate and Property Management Live Line. We've got one segment left open to your questions or comments for our guests. That phone number is 790-2040. We're talking about National Police Week and, and just the importance of recognizing these brave men and women, frankly, all year round. With Noemi Heights, she is the founder and CEO of the Eric Height Foundation, and then also we have uh, Scott Rose, who is a sheriff in Dodge County, Minnesota. So w- welcome back to both of you, Naomi and, and Scott, and my producer Tom. What are you? What are those weird signals you're giving me? Yeah. Okay. Um, this segment of the Bill Buckmaster Show is sponsored by Silver City, New Mexico. Listen, summer is coming up, and it's a great time to escape the heat. Plan a visit to Silver City, New Mexico. I spent my high school years up in that area, and that National Wilderness there is one of the most beautiful spots on the planet. Silver City is a small town with big culture. In fact, you might want to check out. They've got a great blues festival coming up Memorial Day weekend. It's just a short hour, three-hour drive from Tucson. Plan your trip to Grant County in New Mexico by visiting southwestnewmexico.org. Thank you for that, Tom. I tell you, I just, Naomi, you, I had you convinced that I wasn't a guest host, and there we go. Scott's a professional, Naomi, everybody, everybody around me. <laughs> um, I, I tell you, I would encourage, every Memorial Day, I listen to a song called Angel Flight that was recorded by Radney Foster about a final flight that bought the remains of a fallen soldier home. And this time of year, Noemi, I, I always listen. I encourage people to visit DaveBrayUSA.com or just search YouTube for the song Last Call. Mm-hmm. It's just a very powerful, powerful song. And this time of year, I always make sure to log in and check that out. In fact, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to have Naomi and Dave Bray on American Warrior Radio this Saturday if you want to tune into that and, and hear his his perspective. Scott, what you know, I think this should be a, a 365 day a year thing. And I wanted to be a police officer. I was a criminal justice major, so and I guess just the way I was raised, I, I've got tremendous respect. But even more so because of the familiarity and after doing doing ride-alongs and 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 just interacting with that community as part of my radio show, I I would love to think that I'm not unique. But what what? And I want to get this from both of you. What other things can people do on a daily basis, not just during National Police Week or Thank a Cop Day or any of those other special events, to express our support for the men and women of law enforcement? You know, the the big thing is to just just a simple thank you. 
mm-hmm. goes a long, long way. Um, most of these cops, they're going to tell you they're just ordinary people doing their jobs. Well, they're, the reality is they're ordinary people that are willing to take extraordinary risks for our communities and our families. Um, and, and just a little, the little thank yous, the, you know, waving at them as they go by, you know, just simple, simple human, simple human kindness. I mean, let them know that, that they, that they're appreciated. Um, you know, our leaders who previously supported defunding the police who are who all of a sudden are supporting funding the police um, in Minnesota, they're pushing higher wages. They're pushing hiring bonuses, dollars that we've never had in law enforcement before. And I can't figure out why there's not a flood of applicants in. Well, we don't, none of us do. We, we don't get into law enforcement for the money. We, we you know, we get into it for, because we believe in a bigger, in a, in a bigger purpose and we've been in, in service before self. Um, and so these are very, very humble um, and and just really incredible people. And just a simple, just a simple thank you is so so important. I think. Yeah, donuts. <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> that wouldn't come up. <laughs> no, we call we call them energy rings in Minnesota. <laughs> energy energy rings. bars. Yeah. No, uh, one of the <laughs> things that uh, as a mom and uh, through the school years of my daughter is. You know, get in the the class, um, get together and go to a police station, write thank you cards, you know, for the officers from the parents, from uh, the staff at the schools and from the kids. And that really makes their day. And just that's call. Huge. Yeah, that's huge. huge. Just call the the police stations and say, hey, my school, my kid's school want to come and just drop off cards. And, yeah. uh, you know, one thing that to me that sounds really so simple that it's almost stupid is some of my neighbors out there I meet one of you and I have a connection or I have a relationship but the minute that person steps out the front door wearing a uniform and a badge how that seems to change people's perception like there's no longer a human being mm-hmm. walking or standing there in front of you and that just that makes my head explode I have to share one one story that I was doing a ride along several years ago and so it's two o'clock in the morning and we get behind this vehicle. It's got a tail light out, but the vehicle's just chock full of stuff. And you know, right away, I'm thinking two in the morning, car full of stuff, maybe a burglary suspect. So the officer, you know, lights it up, and we pull pull them over. And it was a, a woman, and it turns out she's a single mom, and she was in the process of moving from apartment to apartment. And because of her children, the only time she could do this, and she had no help, she had no truck, not enough money to hire movers. The only time she could do this was bit by bit in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, it's it's amazing to me what you can see in a rearview mirror uh, when you're behind people with those those police lights on. And I could just see in her face, she was like, "Oh man, I mean, her night was about to get really bad." And when the officer heard his story, he says, look, I'm just going to write you a warning, get it fixed, be safe, you know, have a nice night, and, and good luck to you. And when we got back in the patrol vehicle and I looked at the, in the rearview mirror again, she was just beaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took a situation that could have been a bad situation and turned it into a wonderful interaction. And, Scott, I'm guessing yeah. there's a million stories like there that out there every day. Just a ton of stories. And, and in, in talking about uh, Police Week, uh, in, in addition to just simple thank yous, um, honoring our fallen officers and supporting our survivor families like Noemi's family is, is the best way for us to uh, to support our current and our future officers in showing them how much we appreciate them and showing them how important their services and their sacrifices, how important the sacrifice that their their families make 
with these heroes because uh, Noemi's sacrifice, along with other survivor families, their sacrifice never ends. You know, their their sacrifice is forever, and it's it's so important for us to remember them and to, to support them. And uh, you know, to me, there's nothing more heartwarming than seeing a bunch of uh, a bunch of people from the community at our at our law enforcement memorial programs who have nothing to do with law enforcement mm-hmm. other than that they live in that community. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just, that is so, that says such a huge statement. Agreed. And for, yeah. for people like Naomi, you know, police officer Memorial Day is every day. That's 365 days a year, probably for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Naomi, if yeah. one of your children came to you and said they wanted to go into law enforcement, what would you be your answer? My daughter already talks about it. She's 16 next month. And yeah. um, that's what she wants to do. And I said, I will support you 100%, no matter what, following your dad's steps. That's yeah. that's pretty yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yep. our, our thanks. My oldest. My, I'm just gonna, I was just going to mention my oldest is a state trooper in Colorado. He's been there 13 years. And wow. Um, wow. I think some of the some of the best cops we get out there are cops are 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 are, are people who grew up in that environment. Who grew up in that mm-hmm. that uh, tradition of honor, that tradition of service before self? They just have a different, uh, you know, different respect about things. You know, I honestly I have some mixed feelings. I, I know when I talk a lot, so many of the military families now. You're talking two, three, four generations serving in the military, and it's almost like there's a we're developing a Spartan caste in in our nation. And part of me says that's a good thing because they go into it with their eyes wide open. But part of me is also concerned that that burden and that service is falling to a smaller and smaller and smaller segment of our communities. And I, I, I think I feel the same way about law enforcement, but uh, yep, heck, I mean, true. Right, right now, anybody who wants to serve, congratulations. What, yeah. what can I do to support you? Scott, give us uh, your website for your podcast again. It's officer down memorial com, or just look up officer down memorial podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll find it. Okay, and if I get this right, the, the there's also the Officer Down Memorial, Officer Down page where where it has the listing and the stories of all the officers that have yeah, fallen. The officer, the Officer Down Memorial page is a, essentially a repository of all uh, a record of all the base, just over twenty six thousand officers that we've lost that mm-hmm. are that are recorded. Okay, um, another great great organization uh, off the, uh, from the East Coast. And Noemi, tell us again, you've got, if folks want to support what you're doing with the Eric Height Foundation, you've got a 5K run or you gave me the look or a walk, or a walk. for guys That's like great. me yes. coming up. Tell us more about that. Six, <laughs> six o'clock at Reed Park, uh, Country Club in Camino Campestre area. We have a ton of, it's a family event. And that's this weekend? This Saturday, okay. yes, in two days. We're going to be there honoring our fallen officers in our area, uh, all the whole state, and so much more um, for the families. Tacha truck, uh, vendors, food vendors, and, uh, and trophies and prizes. It's going to be a whole morning of, of honoring, remembering, and festivities. And people well. can register at the ericheightfoundation.org, Eric with a K. Correct. Noemi, thank you so much for joining us today on the Bill Buckmaster Show. Scott, uh, thanks to you as well, and and stay safe out there, brother. I'm sure we'll be talking again some more. Absolutely, we'll do. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been quite a joy to sit in here for the Bill Buckmaster Show today. I appreciate the callers. Kevin, thanks so much for for touching base with us. Don't forget, uh, all the podcasts can can be found at the Bill Buckmaster Show, buckmastershow.com. Take care, Tucson. Walking eastbound, walking eastbound. Officer down, I repeat, officer down.
Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. 